0: Live from the South Point studio, she's Alex White, I'm Matt Neverett, Ryan McCormick on the other side of the glass. This is Sports by the Book. Welcome in to our Wednesday edition. Plenty to cover today. We're going to take a look ahead at this weekend in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And as always, we've got some hockey and basketball playoff or regular season talk for you. As well as our favorite at the end, some college hoops, picks, and previews. Welcome in. Be sure to comment. Be sure to subscribe. We're getting up over a 1,000 subscribers. We're trying to get the drive for two going. And uh, your live comments, we'll read them. Ryan is keeping an eye on those and uh, is going to let us know because we really want your input. This weekend's slate of games in the NFL, Alex, really fun. It was a super-duper wild card weekend, I guess we can call it that now. And it sets up a really, really interesting slate of divisional games. And I, I think we expected this, and I think that it is playing out the way that we had thought in terms of Just the interest in the KC-Buffalo game that's going to round out this weekend. Uh, Like I said, I think we all knew that it was that was going to be the game of the weekend, but we'll get to the numbers later. They are taking a ton of action behind us at the counter at the South Point on that game alone.
1: Four really good games, and the lines don't necessarily say that. Some bigger spreads than others, but they are going to be good games. I'm excited about these four and the eight teams that we have left in the divisional round. We're going to break it down. We've got some things to talk about. We've got to talk about team totals that will be out here soon at South Point and then of course we need to look at first halves a lot of different things to bet in these games it doesn't have to just be side or the total
0: and that's the the really cool nature of the NFL as a whole but especially when it gets to playoff times is just the the menu and the amount of things that you can bet on and uh we're, we're starting to see it more and more as uh, betting gets legalized in more and more states just the markets and the total value that that comes in on these games not like you said not just on the the side and the total it, it's really remarkable and it's something that you know a lot of people are trying to take advantage of and we'll we'll give you a, li- a little bit of hints we got we we got some stuff coming up on that
1: we'll do the best that we can we do a lot of homework so we want to lead people in the right direction as much as we can but you're right it's insane i mean the player props you know what i miss already too on sundays the team to score first that they have here at oh, south point man. can't wait for next year like we always looked forward to those or which team will score the most points, and they have those again for this weekend, even out of the four games. So I'm excited, Ryan. What are you most excited for this weekend?
2: Um, I mean, personally, definitely to watch the Packers lose, but that's on an opposite <laughs> note. I'm just, it's it's going to be a great divisional round and uh, going to get a lot better football games than we did last week. Yeah,
0: three of the four games this weekend are six and a half points or more on the spread. But I don't know if it's quite as black and white as binary as a lot of folks are thinking in terms of the action this weekend. So we'll definitely take a look at that. But Ryan had a, a great idea of how we can kind of compartmentalize these teams and rank them uh, Stephen A. Smith style, first take style. Uh, so let's let's get into it. Our, our power rankings, and I'll, I'll lead it off. We we individually ranked our top eight teams in order that are remaining in the NFL playoffs, and we're blind. Ryan is the only one that's seen all three of the the orders, including his. And before we get into it, Were there any real big surprises, or was it kind of what you had expected in terms of the order?
2: Um, No, I mean we're all pretty similar. There's a couple switched across the across the numbers, but they're all they make sense. They're kind of are no no big surprises.
0: Yeah, there there are kind of tiers. It's kind of the top three, top four, and then kind of everybody else. Right. I'll be really interested to see mainly at the top and the bottom because there's you know you can make an argument for anybody you know, three through six, three through seven. But I think one and two and seven and eight are going to be similar, if not the same, for, for just about all of us. So Ryan and I are basically just opinions and what we think. Yours are based on your power ratings, the hard numbers. So it was it was your idea, and I think it's a good one to have you go last, almost as a, a barometer, just to see how, how off Ryan and I actually are. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, yeah, I have been tracking these and keeping up with them throughout the year, but we'll see how good I did as well, especially after this weekend. I'd be interested to see what... Chrissy Andrews are some of the guys behind the books are as well. But, well, they have sports by the book on Friday, football Friday. So I'm sure he'll be looking at our three and then give his opinion on Friday. So yeah, And
0: we'll see uh, Jeff Parles returns to the desk tomorrow. Maybe we could do it with him. We'll see what, what what his thoughts are. Maybe just at least his thoughts on our on our eight. Because, yeah. believe it or not, we do appreciate Jeff's opinion and feedback. <laughs> so I'll, I'll lead it off. As, as the new guy on the show, I'll, I'll lead it off. And we're going to go from bottom to top, right? Eight to yes. first. Um, one of the ones that I think we're all going to be pretty much the same. I've, I've got Tampa Bay 8. Tampa Bay is my 8 uh, kind of backing in. I, I will say that they have the the worst of the quarterbacks that are left. I mean, I, I think it's between probably him or Jared Goff. I am really, really high on C.J. Stroud. So I, I would say that the, the Bucks have the, the worst of the quarterbacks. And one thing that I did when making the, this list in this order was take a look at the record of these teams against the other teams in the playoffs in general and uh, the buccaneers by far the worst they were 1 and 5 against playoff teams their only win against a playoff team was in week 15 or yeah week 15 against the green bay packers so that was a good week for ryan uh, it was a 34 to 20 win in lambo for the bucks that was their their best win of the year and it was a you know team that kind of got hot at the right time uh, the one number for me too that that's uh, pretty damning in terms of the playoff teams remaining tampa bay by far the worst offensively in terms of points per game they come in 19th in points per game, averaging just over 21 a game. They've averaged just 18 points over their last three games. So offensively they they come in kind of cold, even with a win against the Eagles, but you want to talk about cold. Philadelphia is is Antarctica right now in, in terms of teams. So I got the Buccaneers 8. Number 7, I've got Houston. And uh, it was kind of back and forth for me. 5, 6, and 7 for me were really, really close. And I didn't want to do any ties, mostly so that we could have this beautiful looking graphic that Ryan threw <laughs> together and have it actually mean something. So I've got Houston Seventh. Uh, they like I said, I'm big on C.J. Stroud. I would like to see them show me a little bit more. They were two and two against playoff teams this year, so you really can't take too much stock into that. Uh, and then right above them, I've got the Packers at number six. They were three and four against playoff teams. And uh, I think that where we, between the three of us rank Green Bay is going to just depend on how highly you value that win against Dallas last weekend. And for me, it was a lot more about what Dallas didn't or wasn't able to do. In a situation where they normally were so excellent and completely flipped the script on its head, so I've got uh, Green Bay, the first ever seven seed to win in the new playoff format. They 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 got to show me crazy. something. If if they were to win this week again, especially against San Francisco, they would have to be elevated in everyone's power rankings. Oh my
1: gosh, yes, at,
0: r- rankings and ratings <laughs> to four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> out of four, they would be at least three in my book if they win out of the four that are left. Okay. So eight seven six Packers Texans, or rather Buccaneers Texans Packers. Number five, I've got the Lions, and it's mostly because of the logjam ahead of them in terms of the, the top four spots. I mean, you, you can't put Kansas City in the bottom half it just with their playoff success as of late and what they've done against the, the top opponents in the league. I've got the Lions fifth, again, more so just because I don't want to put Kansas City or Buffalo below the Lions. And the Lions are 3-3 three and three against playoff teams. They are up against the Bucs this weekend. They defeated the Bucs in Tampa in week six, all the way back then in uh, September, twenty to six final in Florida, and another big reason why I put the Lions fifth, not fourth or third, where a lot of folks have had them last week in a game that they won against the Rams. They were outgained four twenty-five to three thirty-four in terms of overall offense. The Rams averaged seven point seven yards a play to Detroit six point one. So I think that in a pretty even matchup, they were outplayed, but were able to do just enough. And of course the the defense much maligned throughout the year. Uh they they are going to struggle to to stop most of these teams, if not all of them, remaining in the playoffs outside of Tampa, because they've got the worst offense of the of the eight that are left. So that's my bottom four. And then I kind of teased it a little bit. I got Kansas City at four for two reasons. Number one, because as you'll see in a moment, I've got the Bills at three, and the Bills took care of Kansas City in the regular season this year. They're looking to get the monkey off their back. But Kansas City against playoff teams this year, one and four. The worst record outside of Tampa Bay of any of the eight remaining playoff teams against other playoff teams. So uh, they're going to be on the road this week. I factor that into the handicap as well for this. So I've got the Chiefs four. And as I mentioned, I've got the Bills three. They've got the best winning percentage against other playoff teams out of the eight teams remaining. The Bills five and one against the remaining playoff teams. That's a big part of the handicap. Also, they beat the Chiefs earlier this year, and they've got the home game against Kansas City, which is going to make a huge difference this weekend. So now we'll get to my top two, and I, I might – ruffle a feather or two both in front of and behind the glass i've got san francisco at number two and part of that is because of the matchup earlier this year when they took on baltimore and baltimore uh defeated uh san francisco earlier in the year and it's convincingly convincingly yeah they, <laughs> they dominated them and you got to give the 49ers credit second in total offense third in total defense uh, but the 49ers averaging just 22 points per game over their last three and that's way below their season total of just under 29. So they have, you know, you can't, can't count week 18. They were resting everybody. But I, I think that with the Ravens at number one, you get a, a one-on-one matchup this year that went the way of the Ravens. You've got both teams well-rested. But for Baltimore, the, the big ones for me, league MVP, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers, his top two weapons when they're healthy throughout the year, likely going to play in full this weekend. And I give them the coaching advantage. I, I, I will take John Harbaugh over Kyle Shanahan. The the margin's not huge, but in terms of what we've seen and what he's done on paper, uh, I think Baltimore at number one, again, more so just because of that one-on-one matchup earlier in the year, that was a big one for me. Although, the, the futures prices suggest that the 49ers would be a slight favorite if they were to play the Super Bowl this weekend against Baltimore. So... That's my list. Baltimore at the top averaging the third best offense and the number one defense allowing just under 17 points a game. Baltimore, San Fran, Buffalo, KC, Lions, Packers, Texans, Bucks. So,
1: I like it. I like that you switch those and you do have the Ravens on the top because I think most people know that majority of people have the Niners mm-hmm. as their number one. So I don't mind it at all. I think those two are very close.
0: And if, if, if Baltimore beats... Houston by a field goal, if, if, if that's a, a one, two, three point game and the 49ers take care of business like a lot of folks are expecting them and win by two touchdowns against Green Bay, very, very likely that I would flip them because uh, that's what it would need to take for me for San Francisco to, to leapfrog Baltimore. But yeah. So we'll go, we'll go Ryan's next, and I'm, I'm yeah. interested to see yours. Again, yours and mine are more so based on our opinions and what right. you know, numbers we were able to dig up. Alex's, I, I like having it last because it's a good barometer. Hers are based on the hard, cold numbers that she's been tracking all year. Yep. So what do you got, yep. Ryan?
2: Yeah, so like Matt said, these for me, these are all opinion-based. But at number eight, I'll have the, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Like Matt said, they're, they do have the worst quarterback of the remaining quarterbacks. Alex may have something to say there. But, I mean, they won the worst division in football. They barely beat the Carolina Panthers in Week 18 when they had something to play for in winning the division. They couldn't even score a touchdown. They scored nine total points, um, and they handled the Eagles last week. And the Eagles, we've seen them absolutely collapse from 10 and one to 11 and six. So they, they, to me, they are the worst t- team remaining in these playoffs. And then at number seven, I kind of had some a little back and forth between the six and seven, just because I do think they're pretty similar. But I have the Green Bay Packers. Um, They started the year really, really rough. They went, they were three and six, and then they've kind of picked it up towards the back half, competing for the postseason. They're playing the best football right now. Um, but their weakest unit is their defense. And they gave up 30 points to the Carolina Panthers in week 16. Do you guys know the last time the Carolina Carolina Panthers scored a point?
0: it's been over two games right at least it was
2: week 16 against the green bay packers oh right God. they were shut out they were England. shut out against jacksonville and shut out against tampa so if carolina can put up their highest scoring game all season against the green bay packers i would think that this, the niners will be able to do pretty well um and so that's why i have them at 7 and then number 6 i'll have the houston texans um mainly just because you can't put them any higher than anybody else in the afc um they are playing with house money. Nobody thought they'd be here at this point. Um, they had every right to have the number one overall pick last year. If it wasn't for Lovey Smith throwing that hail mary against the Colts, um, nice little parting gift. Yeah, yeah, especially for Chicago. Yeah. Um, but they uh, they have a better defense than Green Bay. They, their offense is still right there with Green Bay's, but they're they're my worst remaining team in the AFC as in the standings as well. Um, and so at number five, I will have the Detroit Lions. Um, like Matt said, it's hard to put them any higher just because of the remaining four teams that are there. And if they were to play on a any field, really, um, it would, it'd be hard to have Detroit favored against the, the remaining top four. But they, uh, they're they fearless. They have the best passing offense in the regular season that's left in this postseason. They were only behind uh, Miami in passing offense. So Jared Goff is is able to slim it because they have weapons to go to. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so, so when they gets gets to play in these other four teams, they wouldn't really, they'd be paying, playing catch-up. Um, but then at number four, I have Buffalo. I have the Bills at number four because when it gets to postseason football, you have to be able to show that you can beat the juggernaut in the past four years. The Chiefs have been the juggernaut, and like Matt said, they did win in Kansas City earlier this year. They won 20-17, but as everyone should remember, that was the Kadarius Tony, Tony offsides play, yep. in which Travis Kelsey lateraled to him, and the Chiefs took the lead in the final minute, and that's kind of why I, in this moment, have the Chiefs at three, because I think when it comes to those two teams playing on a any football field, I think the Chiefs have the better coaching staff, they have the more experience, they have what it takes to come up with things that aren't going to be foreseen. And so that's why I have Buffalo at four and Kansas City at three. And then number two, I have the San Francisco 49ers because like Matt said earlier this year, that matchup does come into play for me because the old adage is that defense wins championships. And the Baltimore Ravens are tied with the New York Giants for regular season uh, turnover differential at 12. They led the league in sacks. They, their defense since getting Roquan Smith from the Bears, has been the best defense in the league. And they, they just have playmakers all over the field on offense and defense. They have a former MVP in Lamar Jackson. They're getting Mark Andrews back, which we kind of talked about it earlier, but rust versus rest could be a little bit of a thing with him um, because their offense has looked good with Isaiah Likely as their number one tight end. Very much so. Um But the, the Ravens are my number one team because they... They dominated that earlier matchup, and they are my favorite to win the and Super I'll, Bowl this
0: year. I'll, I'll tell you what. When I did my rankings, I didn't put the Ravens first to be contrarian, but I thought that I would be the only one. So that's <laughs> that, that's good to hear. And uh, I, I know that Alex's numbers are really big on the 49ers and what they do on, on both sides of the ball, so it would not surprise me whatsoever if you were the only outlier, Alex, on that. But i will be very interested to take a look. Before we get to Alex's, a reminder, definitely let us know in the comments your top eight, or if there's anyone that you think Ryan and I have uh, too low or too high, I, I see John Marshall keeping an eye. Says Houston, Houston gets, gets no, no respect. respect. Yep. A lot of the, the the research that 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 at least Ryan and I did, yours are based off your full season numbers, but there's research that goes in is based on what they've done, volume stats. Houston, eleventh in total offense, tenth in total defense. Basically, every other team has a top nine unit in either one of those, and I'm I'm a, as big a CJ Stroud fan. As, as you'll find, I think that the kid is amazing. He is a 22-year-old rookie. So while you know it may not seem like we're giving Houston a ton of respect, you got to keep it in the context of some of these other quarterbacks that are in the playoffs. The one thing that I find interesting, and it's kind of what you would expect, but it's not always the case, seven of the top eight teams have a first-round quarterback. Wow. Brock Purdy is the only outlier. In fact, all of them except so for, let me see, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes and Brock Purdy were drafted in the top 10. So, stud quarterbacks have led their teams. All, all
2: the quarterbacks except for those, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: All, all except for those three have been uh, in the the top 10, top 7 even. Uh, Josh Allen, I think the lowest of those at 7th. But yeah, that matchup between the Bucks and the Lions is taking really no action behind us. And we'll get to that in a minute. That's the only game that features any top number one drafted player on the board in, in Goff and Baker Mayfield. All right, so let's get to it. Alex, yours, and again, yours are based on your personal power ratings so there's really no emotion. It's strictly numbers.
1: Right. So my, Robotic. yeah, I'm not going to give up too much like you guys did. You did a great job explaining why they were there, but I'm just going to kind of go quickly through them. So number eight, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I will say this though, they got to this point, they took advantage of a very weak division. They won their division and they took advantage of the spot going against the Eagles with where they were. Um, So they fall here in this spot based off of numbers with how the market perceived them last week they were a two and a half point dog at home so i kind of have to judge there where the book has them and the market so next up very close though i could have had these almost switch uh number seven green bay packers only a half a point higher than tampa bay for me in this one and then only a half a point higher than them is the houston texans at number six Now we make a little bit of a jump here to the Detroit Lions, who are number five for me. And then there's still a little bit of a jump here, and that is number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. What's interesting is last week going into those matchups, the Chiefs and Lions were the same for me. They were both rated the exact same because of what Kansas City was able to do against Miami. I know the weather conditions and everything, but especially their defense held them to a touchdown. And then, The Lions did not cover their number. They were a three, three and a half point favorite over the Rams. They barely won that one by a point. So I had to leave them where they were and adjusted Kansas City up a little bit. They're just a half a point behind the Buffalo Bills, though. They snuck up on them. Kansas City did. So now Buffalo Bills come in at number three. I did not move them from last week either, um, especially with Pittsburgh trying to make a comeback in that game. And then. These ones are pretty close, but I do have the San Francisco 49ers a point and a half higher. So number two is Baltimore Ravens and number one is the San Francisco 49ers. I completely understand if I was making my rankings based off of the season and everything you guys did. I think those those were fantastic and the Ravens beat the Niners in the first one, but based off where the market has these two and how the 49ers have beaten other teams where the Ravens really haven't done that all that much. So, the Niners have taken advantage, kind of like we've looked at with the Cowboys at home. So, you can only take so much from that, but they've done it on the road and at home all year long, the San Francisco 49ers. So, they are at number one for me.
0: And I always have such respect for, you know, people like you, handicappers, that are able to remove storylines, remove the heart. It's all up here and it's all spreadsheets. And there's definitely something to be said in this, you know, new age of sports betting where anyone with a cell phone and a and a driver's license can, can get down any action that they want on their phone from anywhere in the state. Uh, but to be able to kind of hold true to those old school mentalities and and strategies, there's definitely something to be said when it comes to setting your own line and trusting your own line against the books. Cause that's the big one too, is a lot of folks, they'll have their own numbers and then they'll see what the book has and they're way off and they go, Oh, they have to know more than I do. I'm going to abandon everything I've been doing for the last 15 weeks.
1: Right. And that's what is kind of intimidating at some points. Right. But I mean, you'll have those wins where you take the bucks money line because you made them a slight favorite. So, and then of course you'll have the where the Packers upset the Cowboys and your numbers are off. And then you just adjust and do it again. That's what but it's all about. Appreciate that, Matt. Yeah, thank well
0: you. no, it's always interesting to me and I it, I was interested to see how our three power rankings would compare and contrast. Pretty similar in a lot of ways and I kind of alluded to it at the beginning, but there there, there were tiers. You know, 1 yeah. through 3 were pretty similar, 6 through 8 were pretty similar and then you can kind of move stuff around from there. So, I I thought that was kind of an interesting way to you know, well, power really, I think one ratings.
1: and two, right yep. between those two, the one seeds they yep. both just got a week off mm-hmm. for good reason, and then I think the next kind of three between Kansas City, Buffalo, and the Lions, and then the last three can kind of shift yep. around a little. But yeah, to your point, tiers for can sure. Kind of do
0: them in any order as long as they're still in those same tiers and not get too many weird looks. Yeah. Well, so yeah, that was interesting in terms of comparing and contrasting. I thought it was a good way to kind of set up these games in a little bit of context, and we'll we'll roll through these. Uh, divisional round matchup starting on Saturday at noon. The Texans, what do you know, playing another early slot game. They played more early-time games than any other team in the NFL, and that's a strategy, or rather a, a time slot, that's going to continue to follow them this week. That's number 301, 302 on the rotation. Texans at Ravens, 1.30 uh, here on the Pacific time zone on ESPN this Saturday. Again, the Ravens defeating the Texans 25-9. However, that was back in week one. I don't know. How much stock do you take in a week one victory in this kind of a matchup?
1: I don't think you can take much at all. Different teams, right? Completely different teams, especially the Texans, because they have come so far, and CJ Stroud has learned so much in his first year in the NFL.
0: This one opened Baltimore minus nine and a half, right behind us at the south point. It's down to nine with a total at 44. This total opened at 46 and a half as well, and at least behind us is down two and a half points. Anything that you think led into that, or is that just a public sentiment?
1: I think the more you look at it, the more you realize that they are both really good defensively, right? And I think everyone knows that about Baltimore, but not a lot of people know that about Houston. And they actually gave up the fewest rushing touchdowns this year of any team. Interesting. And uh, you were talking about them defensively for something else earlier yeah, today.
2: Well, the, yeah. So, I mean, D'Amico Ryans was hired from being the San Francisco defensive coordinator. So, I mean, they, they have a defensive head coach and their their team is built for their defense, and C.J. Stroud is just able to sling it. And so, I mean, I've already taken the the Texans plus the seven in the first half. I don't know if I like them in the game, um, just because, like we have said, and like I had on my list, the Ravens are the number one team to me. But.
0: And the other interesting thing in terms of contextualizing these games are taking a look at the team totals. And this was something that was Alex's idea, and I'm really interested to kind of see where these shake out uh, for this one, Houston's team total at 18 and a half. It's juiced way to the over. So the, a lot of the big money bets that may come in might swing that thing pretty quickly. Baltimore's at 27 and a half. And I don't know if that's high enough. Baltimore comes in as the third highest scoring team in the NFL this year by points per game. They averaged just over 28 per game. Although their last three games, including week 18, where they rested everybody, they're averaging 33 points per game. I think this one's going to be a shootout.
1: See, that's really impressive. and I looked at the numbers of them at home and their medium median at home is 34 points. So wow. you're right. I think that 27 and a half is worth taking a look at that over.
0: And just to compare, Houston averaging uh, just over 23 points per game, which is 11th in the NFL. But again, hot, hot as of late, they needed to be at the end of the regular season. They're averaging over 31 points in their last three games. So if you take these two teams over their last three games, they're averaging 33 and 31 points. So I think that this is a game where, both of those team totals could go way over.
1: So now looking at the other side, though, the Ravens have held teams to an average, or their median, of 17 points a game and at home, just 19. So kind of looking at that, comparing it to what you said, how much the Texans can put up, but how much can Baltimore slow them down? And on the flip side, the Texans have done a great job, too, allowing only 18 points per game and 20 when on the road. So that's also important to look at, but... Very interesting for both of these numbers here, Ryan. Do you have a take on either team total?
2: Um, I mean, I I I do think this will be much more of a defensive game because if it is a shootout, I don't think the Texans can keep up because I I do hold the Ravens defense in much higher regard than most other defenses in the league. Um, So with the with the stance that I do think both of these defenses are solid, and like Alex said, they the Texans do have a very good rush defense, and Greg Roman is a rushing scheme offensive coordinator i i like this game not to be not to be a shootout
0: 44 the total right now here at the south point so that 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 feels about right for these two teams given the the prowess both on offense and defense uh, the other saturday game the packers at the 49ers 515 kickoff on fox uh open nine and a half and that's where it sits right behind us really no movement whatsoever on this game the total down a half a point to 50. Uh, this one, I think, could be a, a shootout even more so uh, than the earlier game. The team totals for this one, Green Bay at 20.5, 49ers at 29.5. So you, you put those two together, you're right at the 50 uh, in terms of the, the team total. So the, the split's pretty tight. you got two top 10, even top eight offenses. Green Bay comes in averaging the eighth most points per game, 23.9. But then with a the big showing last week, their average over the last three games comes out to just under 33 points per game. San Francisco averaging 28.9 points a game, the second highest offense in terms of points per game in the league. They're also the third best defense in the league in terms of points per game at 17 and a half points per game allowed. And I think that's going to be the X factor in this one for sure.
1: Green Bay put up what? 48 points last week on the yes. Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause I took a little flyer on one team to go over 50 points. And I was very disappointed that they, yeah. they almost got there, they but put off the gas at the end. Yeah, they did. So, I think both these numbers are just right for their team total. I would be a little nervous about going over for either of them. But, I mean, you mentioned it, San Francisco, really good, especially at home. And for the year, 30 points a game is their median. So, I don't know. I think they're just right.
0: That's the beauty of uh, bookmaking in the modern age in terms of the the regulated sports books, especially in Nevada, where they've been doing it so long, is that they are razor tight with these, with these edges and they are usually right, right on a very few and far between of the games where Vegas just gets it completely wrong. Um, I already do have a piece of San Francisco in a, in a teaser. I'm a, I'm a teaser guy in the NFL. I'm on uh, San Francisco and Houston. So I've got a, a Saturday teaser and hopefully that gives me a little bit of extra bankroll uh, to, to try to, uh, Try to have a little bit more juice on Sunday. It'll be it'll be interesting. But again, that's that's neither here nor there. I did a six and a half point teaser. So I got the the 49ers down to three. I got the Texans up to 15 from where it was, uh, I bet it two days ago. So i will be interested to see in the Saturday games. And then on Sunday, the game that's taken the least amount of action right behind us at the at the book. Uh the Buccaneers at the Lions, and I think if you were to pick a game that would take the least amount of action, it would be this one. Uh, but it, it is going to be a really interesting matchup. The Lions defeated the Bucks 20-6 to in Tampa Bay week six. Again, do you take much stock into a game that occurred three months ago?
1: No, especially because Tampa Bay, do you remember at beginning of the season, they didn't have an identity yet, especially offensively. They were trying to run more and become a run team. And then they realized that wasn't working. So they got rid of that and went back to their passing game. And then they started to click again and figure out who they were. So, I can't take too much of that from Tampa Bay, and I do disagree with both of you. And I, I do talent-wise, maybe a little bit Baker Mayfield, but the way he is playing this year is the best that we've seen so far. Yeah, I won't deny that in the NFL. So he's
2: a complete competitor. Yeah,
1: and he's a veteran. I and I trust veterans a little bit more than rookies. With those other two, or who have moved forward, but so um, looking at these two, I mean. I'm not surprised that it's the least bet game, but there's a game for everybody and I'm very interested in this and I think it's going to be a great game. I think this would probably be my favorite dog to take with the points. I think the Lions win, but I think the Bucks cover here. Then we got to get to team totals. Brian, yeah. do you have any thoughts on the game before we get to team totals?
2: Not not particularly, not with anything to back it up.
0: <laughs> it's just it's it's just the the feel a- of this one. It's just no one's
2: that excited about it. Other than the people in Detroit.
0: I mean, they are more excited. They they make up for the rest of the country with yeah. how excited they are. Yeah. and I mean, you want to tell them they could potentially host an NFC championship next week? If Against a division right? rival? That would be incredible. That would be incredible. And they would need Green Bay to beat San Francisco right. for that to happen. So it might be the only time in Lions fans' lives that they're out there cheering for the Packers... And that's mainly just because they want to be the one to take them down.
1: That's right. That's exactly uh, for right.
0: Detroit, 27 and a half is the team total. That might be my favorite one. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense is uh, fifth in the league in points per game allowed, but there are certain areas where I think Detroit can take advantage of in the passing game. A lot of the success for Tampa Bay has come in in terms of stopping the run, namely the tush push last weekend. But uh, and then for, for the Buccaneers, 21 and a half. So they're expecting this one uh, with a 48 and a half point total to with the team totals actually being just slightly over that. So I I think it's a matter of just different books having different numbers, but this one out of all of them, I think has the biggest potential to actually be a shootout where it gets into the fifties and even the sixties.
1: Matt, I think you just found my favorite one too. lions over 27 and a half their median on the year is 28 at home 30. So that's already a good advantage right there. But then you are correct about Tampa Bay. And what's a little frightening is their split. So their median points on the road is 20, and they allowed 24. So they did have games where they really let the other team get ahead, and they got away from them. So allowing 24 points, the Lions median is 30 at home. I think that 27.5 is very enticing there.
0: That might be my favorite one of the ones that we've gone over so far. We've got some of the betting splits as well in terms of money versus tickets. What's interesting in this one is it's a reverse. Uh, Detroit taking 60% of the tickets. But just thirty-five percent of the money, and again, there's way less bet on this game than any other game. But that always kind of can tell you something in terms of tickets. Typically, the public money. Typically, the sharps when it comes to a big split like that. Is that something that you ever really buy into, or is that something that you look at? Because I know people that they follow uh, them religiously, and I know people that could care less about the betting splits.
1: Um, not I. I pay attention to it. I'm like Let's that. Just I'm somewhere in that. the middle. Right. Exactly.
0: It's it's. I think for certain games, there are edges that you can find.
1: I do too, and especially since working here and working closely with Vinny and Chris Andrews and oh, yeah. getting to actually hear them firsthand, um, there definitely is edges. And that's very interesting and funny to me because the Sharps have been on Tampa Bay throughout this whole season, so that doesn't surprise me at all that... The public is with the Lions here, and we're getting some money on the Bucs.
0: Buccaneers, a top-five defensive team, and as they say, especially in the playoffs, defense travels. So that'll be one of the more interesting matchups, I will say, out of the four. But it's one that has really not garnered a lot of public interest. I'll be curious to see when the late money comes in who it's on. And you want to go from the game with the least amount of tickets and money to the game with, by far, the most amount of tickets and money behind us at the South Point. we got Kansas City and Buffalo third straight year they've matched up in the playoffs buffalo looking to get the monkey off their back. The Chiefs have been their boogeyman and they've got an opportunity for the first time at home. It's the first ever road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes. It just speaks to the incredible consistency that Andy Reid and company have fostered in, in KC. But you want to know how much more money and tickets this game has taken? Yes. 73% of the total handle on the NFL on straight spread bets this weekend is on this game. It is nearly 4 Times as much money as has been wagered on every other game combined, just incredible.
1: I'm not surprised at all.
0: And uh, when I went back to go, you know, get get the splits earlier, I was looking at it, and there was, you know, a couple of the, a couple of them in the tens of thousands, and then this one, way way more. This one is is garnering all of the public interest, and for good reason. It's the game of the year in the NFL so far.
1: It is, and people have been looking forward to this matchup since we saw it last year or the year before, but. Yeah. Any thoughts on this one so
2: far, Brian? No, I, I just think the uh, the league got this one right. They uh, found, a, <laughs> found a way to get this matchup in the playoffs, and it, it is very much the—it makes sense that this game has the most handle just because it is the, the guys that we see on TV in every single commercial. And so. the, the number
0: on this one, back to Buffalo at two and a half, and that's one interesting thing, especially at a book the size of uh, South Point here in Nevada. They've gone off of three twice. It opened at Buffalo two and a half. They took enough action to move it to three. The second it got to three, they took a bunch of action on Kansas city. They moved it back to two and a half yesterday. They toggled it back to three, took a bunch of action right away. All of a sudden it's back to Buffalo two and a half. And I would not be surprised to see that be the case really throughout the week. And if, if you're the chiefs better, you like it at three, that gets you a a field goal split. You get it in a teaser. You can get it up to nine, nine and a half. And, I think that that's going to be the case all weekend, toggling back and forth. In terms of the team totals in this one, though, Kansas City at 21.5, Buffalo at 24.5, and with a total of 46, that puts them, what do you know, right at it on terms of the team totals.
1: You're right, and it goes with the spread perfectly, right? Bills 24, KC 21. So the Bills 29 points at home and allowing just 17.5 half. Kansas City on the road this year. Their median is twenty-one points, and they allowed eighteen and a half on the road. So the Bills look like that sh- they should be able to get there for sure. Um, it's a matter of their defense, right? And we know that they've been dealing with injuries, and I we got to check on the status because they even had a little, a few more this past weekend against the Steelers. So that's going to be the biggest thing. And KC's defense is really good. So you think that I? Uh, the buff the bills get there over 24 and a half or you think Kansas City holds them I could see it I
0: w- might even take a piece of Kansas City under 21 and a half okay would you believe me if I told you they had a league average offense this year
1: yes 15th I would.
0: in terms of points per game uh Kansas City's been pretty inconsistent however I, I will say to the uh, to the other side of that argument this is when they're at their best yes. It's a playoff game it's going to be a new experience for them going on the road at least over the last you know decade or so of dominance thanks to the regular season record, but this is when Kansas City has been at their best. And uh, this one, the game of the week, Kansas City taking 62% of the money, but the Bills with 57% of the tickets. So that tells you the public's all over the Bills and some of the Sharps, especially when that line was able to uh, bounce back up to three, the the Sharps kind of jumping all over that.
1: I'm surprised. So this total actually moved up a little bit, right? And then the the Ravens one moved down. They kind of flip-flopped. Yeah, a little bit. I bet that I am looking at two, Matt, is the Bills' first half because Kansas City, let me see this, is just three and six ATS first half since week 11. Buffalo, five and three. So they're trying to get out and score quickly. Then another good one. If you're looking at the total here and you're thinking over, I would look more at that first half. Kansas City, six and three to the over since week 11 in the first half. Buffalo, three. 4-3-1. and one. Second half, Kansas City, 1-7 and seven to the under. So, they've typically been trying to get all their scoring done in the first half, kind of slowing down and playing really good defense in that second half, and you've seen those kind of just come to a halt there. And correct me if
0: I'm wrong, Ryan, you maybe have a number on this, but wasn't there a stretch towards the end of the regular season where Kansas City scored like three points in second halves combined? It was one of the worst stretches in NFL history in terms of scoring in the second half, especially competitive team so when I say the KC has been a little bit inconsistent yeah that's kind of what we've seen but again as I had mentioned for the the previous game with uh Tampa Bay defense does travel and this is the best Kansas City defense that Patrick Mahomes has ever had
1: yes it definitely is and now we're starting to see their offense click and we're trying to we're starting to see the guys that Patrick Mahomes trust especially Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey looked better last week you can tell that he needed the rest as well so It's going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to this one for sure.
0: And again, this game taking 73% of the money that has been wagered at the South Point on the one game. That's 3.7, nearly four times as much as any or all the other games combined. So the public all over this game, and I don't see that changing at all before the weekend. So those are our NFL thoughts. Let us know what you think on the live comments. Be sure to subscribe to the South Point Studio channel as well. We'll step aside for a brief break when we return. We're talking hardwood. We're talking NBA and college basketball. Big slate tonight in both. Don't go anywhere.
3: Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24 hour 30 table non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments whether you're gonna hold them or fold them the best place for poker is at south point casino you'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino if you've never played join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time we offer seven sessions of bingo every day And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one of a kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort our sports book with over 400 seats puts you right in the middle of the action 24 hours a day the friendly ticket writers are happy to help and it's conveniently located next to the famous del mar deli where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef pastrami and reuben sandwiches or soups salads and pizza plus spectacular desserts fit for a king and right next door is the race book over 150 seats each with its own tv screen There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat.
0: It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point studio along with Alex White. I'm Matt Neverett, Ryan McCormick on the other side of the glass, and and Andrew helping us out in the production team as well today. So plenty of NFL talk. And that'll be the theme kind of throughout the rest of the week. So we wanted to kind of cut it off there and talk some hoops. We're talking NBA. A lot of news going on around the NBA. And this is the time of year when you really can start to lock it in. A lot of people don't follow the NBA as much until the playoffs. And, you know, as a longtime fan of the league, I can kind of see why. But these are the games where you can take advantage of certain lines, especially in terms of back-to-backs, rest versus rust, like we were talking about with the Ravens. But it's a pretty fair comparison to this time of year in the NBA, because for certain teams, you know, your Minnesotas, your Utahs, your Denvers, your Portlands, the travel and some of the other logistic elements make it a little bit tougher than a team like Miami. You know, a team like New York, where it's you're in and out, it's quick and easy, weather's typically pretty good. Uh, this is the time of year where you can take advantage of some of these one-off games, for sure, in the NBA.
1: You are You are correct, Matt. And what about yesterday? We took advantage of a total that was uh, priced wrong because they didn't think some of the Denver Nuggets players were playing. And that Nuggets um, Sixers game flew over the total. So I'm hoping uh, we have another one here. So I like the Milwaukee Bucks-Cavs over 236.5. Now this kind of went down a little bit. So it's one of those instances where you kind of are following the market and it's going away from you. But I think it's gone down too far. Milwaukee's 25-15 and to the over, 7-4 and against division opponents three and one in their last four. The Cavs are going to try and slow it down, but they're a good defensive team, but they're playing a top three offense here in the Bucks.
0: Well, when I walked into the studio today, I, I saw ESPN was on and uh, Brian Windhorst doing a, a report from the Cavs practice facility. I thought for years and years and years that he was LeBron James' personal reporter, but he's in the house <laughs> in Cleveland, so they, they're going to have an advantage, at least in that. You said you're on the over on this one?
1: I'm on the over, yes.
0: What what number did you get? Two thirty six and a half and a half is the total that I'm seeing?
1: 236 and a half is correct.
2: It's down to 235 and a
1: half now. Yeah, Even so. better.
0: So wait. This one, you got to just wait. Kind of fade that line movement. Do you, do you anticipate that getting any lower? This one starting uh, in about an hour, just under an hour?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say any lower than 235.
0: Now might be the time to strike, Yeah, is what you're saying. So Bucks, Cavs, that's 503, 504 in the rotation number. Alex likes over, and you're getting the best of the number right now if you uh, hop on that right now. That game starts at uh, 430 here on the West Coast this afternoon. One other one that you're taking a look at, the Hornets. At the Pelicans, short travel for Charlotte, New Orleans laying 12 at home in the total of 229.
1: So these next two are really just leans because I didn't actually play them, but kind of wanted to get you guys' thoughts on them as well. I think 12 and a half is way too much for Charlotte here, and I know they have not looked great, but now they get LaMelo Ball back, and it's his third game back, and he's improved in each of the games since he's been back. 12 and a half here with Charlotte, I know they're on the road, but... This is definitely a lean for me. Any thoughts from either of you two?
0: See, this one's tough. Like you said, that is a big number. And New Orleans has been a- as big a disappointment as, if-, if not, you know, one of the biggest disappointments in the league in terms of what they were expected to be a couple of years ago to what they are now, thanks to the uh, mortgage that they took out on Zion Williams and his uh, his-, his body. But uh, I-, I do agree. This is a big number. LaMelo Ball's one of the most underrated players in the NBA he gets a lot of flack because of his dad and a lot of his antics and the the family itself you got to be able to take that out when you're handicapping a game like this
1: yeah no i mean i do think he i think he's fantastic i think he's starting to get more recognition and talked about a lot more yeah. and and zion williamson is coming into his own and he's uh he's had a much better year now that he's actually playing <laughs>
0: Yeah, right. that's, that's been the that big helps. thing for Zion. The, the <laughs> skill has never been in question. It's mm. been whether he's been healthy enough to be on the floor. Exactly. Like too many extracurricular activities for my man Duke, uh, for Zion Williamson. And then the last one that you had a lean on was the Nets at the Trailblazers. Brooklyn laying six and a half and the total at 221 and a half.
1: Okay, so this one's already a very low total, but I was looking at this one under. I got a little nervous because... I know Portland is one of the worst offensive teams in the league, but they also aren't very good defensively. So kind of nervous about how much they let the, the Nets run away with this one. But that's why I was m- mostly looking at it. I'm kind of a fade to the Trailblazers. So maybe I should be looking more at Brooklyn here. But it's a low total, and I, I think that's for a good reason. So I would lean to the under.
0: So a brief look at the NBA slate tonight. Alex has a ticket in pocket on over in Bucks cavs that number uh, you got 236 and a half. You can get the yeah. better of it now at 235 and a half. So hustle to the window, get your app out, take the over there. And then the leans, Charlotte plus 12 and under in Portland, Brooklyn, that number at 221 and a half. So those are just some quick NBA plays. And now to our bread and butter. We're, we're, we're going to keep it on the hardwood at college basketball. And the, the game of the day we'll lead off with. And it's a really interesting matchup in Stores, Connecticut, Number 18, Creighton at number one, UConn. First time the Huskies have been the number one team in the country since 2009. You want to take a guess at the number one song in the country the last time that UConn was the number one team?
1: Um, give me a hint.
0: 2009. Well, what, what do you think, Ryan? How? What, what grade were you in in, in 2009?
2: <laughs> that was, uh, I was still in elementary school. <laughs> so I'm going to say something with Katy Perry. Not a bad guess.
0: Not a bad guess. Do you want to throw something out there or do you want me to tell you?
2: You can tell me. Was it Taylor Swift?
0: No, it was Boom Boom Pow by the Black Eyed Peas. <gasps> yes. Okay. The yes. one movie was Avatar, too. I always forget. I had a down. feeling. But, yeah, that just tells you how long it has been, even as the defending national champion, since UConn has been the number one team in the country. And uh, they're laying six tonight. And you and I are both on the Huskies.
1: Yes, yes, we are. And they've been so dominant at home, it's hard not to back them here, especially now that they are the one seed. And- most of the other top-ranked teams have been upset this past week, so you know they're going to be ready to play. They've been very good at their on their own home court. Creighton, they're good too. I mean, they're four and two straight up in conference, but they're just two and four ATS. So it's a little bit more about how dominant the Huskies have been at home for me here. Their last two home games, they beat DePaul eighty-four to fifty-eight, and then Georgetown seventy-seven to sixty. So six, I'm pretty confident that they can cover this. Your handicap's a little different than mine, but I still I still like it, and I'm, ex- I'm excited for you to share. <laughs> I, I,
0: I will say, the handicap that I did, I, I liked the number before I saw some extra details about the game. A couple other main reasons that I love UConn in this one. Students just returned for the spring semester on Monday. It is syllabus week, which, if you know anything about, about college scheduling, no one does anything. Except for uh, go out to the local uh, adult establishments throughout the entirety of syllabus week, it is two dollar beer night in stores, and it's the first time in fifteen years that they have offered this promotion. So you're going to get a rowdy, ruckus fan base, inebriated or not, they're going to be ready to go and ready to ready to cheer on the boys. How about that for handicap, Ryan? <laughs>
2: Definitely the stats you want to know. <laughs>
0: bringing you all the hard information that you can't find anywhere else right here on sports by the book so alex and Just i are adds both a little on UConn. bit
1: to it right it's yep. so funny because i told sean yukon minus six earlier and he's like i want to bet i don't have to sweat out and then matt tells him all that stuff and he goes oh okay exactly. i like it
0: exactly <laughs> if it's good enough for sean it's good enough for That's me right, right. production maestro behind the glass who uh gets afternoons off what a nice guy <laughs> um you've got two <laughs> other plays every
1: that... morning early morning
0: yes, right? yeah i like i like the afternoon shift uh so again alex and i are both on yukon minus six you've got a couple of other plays and then i've got a trio at the end we'll start it off first yours are actually back to back in the rotation number 709 710 711 712 tell us all about them
1: okay so i'm going with some aac overs tonight so to lane at uab it is 164 and a half is what i got that's what I'm Hopefully seeing. it's still there. Okay, both teams are 10 and 5 to the over. If you've been following Sports by the Book, um, you know that we've been tracking these two lane overs. They're five and one to the over on the road. UAB is six and two to the over in conference play. And two plays really quick, 15 quickest in the country. Next game, Tulsa just played two That one went over for us. So now Tulsa is hosting San Antonio UTSA. That total is 153 and a half. UTSA is ten and six to the over and six and two on the road. Tulsa two and one so far in conference play. And as I mentioned, they just played Tulane. That total was one eighty-one. Both these teams play a pretty fast pace. Under seventy-fifth in the country. So
0: you've got got me convinced on both of those, especially the the first one. I like the I like your reasoning on Yeah, Tulane UAB. The, The UTSA Tulsa matchup might be the best mascot matchup in the country tonight. You've got the Roadrunners against the Golden Hurricanes.
2: Not bad at all. Not too bad, right?
0: But yeah, I don't AAC, know if I want to
2: see a Golden Hurricane.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. What's What's the difference? It might,
2: it might be a little scary. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> a all, hard all hurricanes are scary.
0: Yeah. I, I lived in Florida for a while. You don't want You don't want to see a hurricane, no matter what color it is. So again, Tulane, UAB, and UTSA, Tulsa. You're on overs and for both bars. of those.
1: Overs for both of those. Yep. And that's it for me. So I'm interested to hear yours.
0: Yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts. There's one in particular that I'm interested in your opinion on. Uh, First for me, a game that starts in about 10 minutes if you can get to the counter and get your app out. Uh, I like Nebraska catching three in Piscataway against Rutgers. uh, Cornhuskers versus the Scarlet Knights doesn't quite have the same ring to it as Roadrunners Golden (laughs) Hurricanes, but uh, I like Nebraska. Rutgers, number 262 in the country in offensive efficiency. They don't have a player averaging 13 points a game, so when they get into crunch time and they need someone to get the ball to, they really don't have that go-to point score, whether it's off the bench or in the starting lineup. Uh, Nebraska won this get matchup in their only matchup last year by 10 in New Jersey. It's the second straight year they're having to go out east to to take on Rutgers. And Nebraska's got a road win against Kansas State earlier in this season. And if you watch yesterday's show, we were talking about the Big 12 and just how good that conference is top to bottom. I mean, that that's the best conference in college basketball. And K-State, no slouch in that best division uh, conference, rather. So I like Nebraska uh, getting three points on the road at Rutgers. Take a look at the money line too, if you can get it uh, anywhere up near 150. I, w- I don't hate that whatsoever. Uh, another one that I like, uh, 727, 728 on the board. Providence in Chicago taking on DePaul. The Friars have won the last eight matchups in this conference rivalry. Six of those eight have been by double digits. Uh, the only uh, one that was anywhere close was an overtime game where they won it by nine, uh, at least in the last four years or so. Providence also 12th in the country in terms of defensive efficiency. DePaul, number 241 out of 361 in offensive efficiency. So it's strength on weakness. It is a matchup that has favored Providence for quite some time. So I like the Friars uh, laying nine and a half on the road in DePaul. And I'm on a total, but I'm on an under. Arizona State hosting UCLA. UCLA, one of the slowest teams in the country. They come in 314th in tempo, rated by Ken Palm. Arizona State at 73rd, not overly fast, but they definitely don't play slow. Uh, Arizona State, the 31st best team in the country in terms of defensive efficiency. UCLA also number 45 in that category, too. So you're looking at two top 50 defensive teams in the country. Big note for me, too, is that UCLA scores the fourth most points from inside the circle. Tips, lay-ins, dunks. They they have the fourth most of those types of points in the country. So their game is inside-out. They go slow. They're big. And I think if they can do enough defensively to slow down Arizona State, who is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, it's a low total at 131-and-a-half. But I I, I kind of like under. Uh, it's probably really my least favorite of these three, but I still really like it. I do have the ticket in pocket. So, again, Nebraska, Providence, and under UCLA, Arizona State. What say you?
1: Very good. I, I am always looking for under, so I might have to uh, tail that one for sure. I do want your opinion on... The other game with Arizona in it, and they are hosting USC. This side has jumped up. Um, Arizona opened as a 15-point favorite, I think, and they're now all the way up to 19.5. I just think that's so many points.
0: And that line's big. And Arizona is one of the best teams in the country, regardless of of rankings or whatever anybody says. They, They are one of the premier teams in all of college basketball. That's a big number. I mean, like, you got... UNC laying 21 tonight. There are, there are some big numbers on the board this evening, and it's just a matter of uh, how much you want to stomach. I've been burned as of late on on laying big numbers with favorites. It was Purdue over the last two weeks, and I tried to fade the Boilermakers last night, and that did not go well. Indiana laid an egg. So some of these big numbers, you really got to pick your spots when it, when it right. comes to laying double-digit points in, in, in college basketball. Um, Ryan, are there any games that you're taking a look at tonight in terms of college hoops? Um,
2: not really, not on the board. The one the only one I have interest in is that Carolina game, and that's just because I am a Tar Heel fan. And so I do think 21 is a lot to lay, um, even though Louisville is a 6-10 and 10 team this year. They're bad. Yeah, they, they have not looked good at all. Um, but Carolina looked dominant against Syracuse in their last matchup, um, and they, they've, they've looked every bit a top 15 team this year. I don't know if I'd give them credit to be number four right now, which they are. Um, so I don't know how confident I would be in laying the 21. Uh, but that that's the only game that I really have any interest in today.
0: Yeah, that game at 6 o'clock uh, here on the West Coast. The other game that's got a big number that I was keeping an eye on is actually between two ranked teams. Houston drops all the way to number 5 after a couple of losses <laughs> over over the last 10 days or so. They take on number 25, Texas Tech, in Houston. And the Cougars laying 13. That's a, a decently big number for a top 25 matchup. I'd be interested to hear if you've got any anything on that one at all.
1: Let me see where I made that. Cause I just passed it over. So it must I must have thought it was just about right. Must that, be,
0: yeah. Total of 129 and a half, too, which two good defensive teams. Yes. That that number feels right as well.
1: Yes, it does.
0: That's it. Yeah. That's a that's a good matchup. That's a rivalry matchup. In terms of the Big 12, the Texas based teams always kind of give give each other their best, their best uh games. I think Houston's got a lot to prove. I'm not gonna lay this number, but I think that they go out, like I said, with something to prove and really, really put the clamps on Texas Tech, which is their game, but then go out and Kelvin Sampson has to make an adjustment on the offensive side of the ball. And he's one of the best coaches in the country. So you would think that he'd be able to figure something out against an inferior opponent.
1: Who are your top three teams as of right now?
0: It's tough. I don't like I don't know if UConn is my number one best team. I think that they've taken advantage of uh their their situation and the riding the the high from winning it all last year and kind of continuing that in I'm big on Arizona and we we talked about that off the air I haven't put it down yet but I really really am interested in a future on the Wildcats I, I saw it at 14 to 1 last night and uh if it is still that number maybe in a week or so or anything above 12 to 1 I would I would take a bite Purdue's always dangerous that's the thing this year with with the NCAA that we haven't seen as much of in years past is literal parody. Before it was, you know, one or two teams and then it kind of everybody yeah. else. This year, who the heck knows who's going to be, you know, number one seed come tournament time.
1: You're right. And it, it makes it so much fun. And you said Purdue. I think um, I'll be looking to find a future on Purdue here soon because I think they are going to be the team to beat. And I know they have to do it and get yeah. past the first round. But I think this is the year.
0: And with this UNC team, Ryan, do you think that they've got enough in the tank throughout the season to not only, you know, continue to win in the ACC, but True. they're going to have to win the ACC tournament if they want a number one top four overall seed in this right. year's tournament?
2: I mean, I do think that they have enough. They still have Armando Baycott. So that's every bit the the wooden award winner. Um, and so that, that's where that's what their offense runs through. Um, but again, I, I don't. With a fan perspective, I don't hold. I I see them not being able to reach have reached their full potential yet. So, that is the question of can they keep it going? Can they get their offense actually running? They did. They did lose Caleb Love to Arizona, and that's kind of why I don't hold Arizona in a high regard. Is because any team with Caleb Love is going to live and die by Caleb Love because he shoots wherever he wants to shoot from, and so Carolina is stronger than they were last year but can they produce as much as they did the lat with in hubert davis davis's first year and last year that that remains to be seen
0: i mean and you want to talk about a team that lost a legendary coach yes. and has gotten better with a lot of the same roster i mean armando baycott made a business decision to come back this year he basically right. said it he goes i'm gonna make more money playing college ball than i would in the nba he's one of those guys like psycho t tyler hansborough back in the day where their game doesn't necessarily translate as well to the next level as as some might think they oh he's the best player in college basketball well yeah if his game doesn't translate yeah i mean we saw drew timmy he's been cut by two different nba teams already after barely being drafted he was the best player in the country for a couple of years
1: it is true and you can you can see that with him that i it might not translate so well in the nba but I love this North Carolina team and I was well Jeff told me because he's like I see your numbers you should be laying the points with North Carolina and I was like it's too many on the road and man they handled their business there so I think that I think they can make a run this year I really do
2: definitely hope so I mean I'm wearing my my Carolina blue tie today so it looks good Ryan
0: (laughs) you always look good though I need to get some glasses so I can be more like you If we could show our, our picks again, I want to definitely fly through those. Alex Perfect. has uh, an NBA play and, a, and a, a couple of college plays here. And uh, I'm on Nebraska plus the three. I'm on Providence minus nine and a half. I'll lay the points with the Friars in a big-time road matchup against DePaul. I am on UConn laying the six. $2 beer night. Don't forget it's syllabus week in, in stores, so they're going to be crazy. and That's going to be a real big home court advantage. And then Arizona State... UCLA under 130 and a half. Those are my plays. And then Alex is on the over in Cavaliers Bucks. UConn minus six. That's our uh, squad ride of the day. You're on over in both of those AAC games. Tulane at UAV, UTSA at Tulsa. Very, very good chance that I get in with you on over in at least one, if not both of those.
1: Probably Tulane, which I don't blame you.
0: I had a bad night last night, but I saved it. Salvaged my college betting night with a two-unit live bet on Colorado State. They were down 10 at home against Air Force, still laying four, and kind of a dumb play by the numbers, but just knowing what I know about those two teams, especially the home court advantage that the Rams have in Fort Collins, what do you know? Game goes to overtime. Rams win by nine. It was no sweat once it got to overtime. So that was what saved my day yesterday after a couple of bad bad uh, plays. But we're hoping for some better luck today, and uh, we're hoping that you guys have good luck as well. Be sure to leave your comments. Be sure to like and subscribe to South Point Studio on youtube as well that'll do it for the wednesday edition of sports by the book jeff parles back in this very seat tomorrow same time same place three to four here on the west coast
2: got a guest part... from three-man weave too
0: three-man weave yes. those guys do phenomenal yes. work so I more miss more that college one.
2: basketball yeah
0: they're great follows on on twitter as well especially my man jim root yeah they, they do some great stuff with the three-man weave so don't miss it tomorrow jeff parles returns three to four here on sports by the book my partner Alex White, for Ryan McCormick behind the glass, also Anne and Andrew, making us look good, although that's a really, really tough task, especially on this side of the screen. That'll do it for us today. That's been Sports by the Book. I'm Matt Nevrett saying thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to South Point Studio.